Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Kieran Fletcher. This week we've avoided the parties, we've done our homework and we're going to be getting stuck into 2019's Booksmart. Nobody knows that we are fun. We know. They need to know. We graduate tomorrow. We are going to change our stories forever. Oh, what? Are we going to go to school or? Nope. Oh boy, the SS lit. This seems excessive. Shotgun. Just kidding. Yeah. I don't have one. Book smart. In cinemas May 27. Kieran, how are we doing today? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Sorry. I just thought I was going to sneeze, but oh. I avoided it. That's for the yeah, best. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, I've just woke All up. All good. I've been looking forward to doing this podcast. I messaged you this week. Did you? Most anticipated for me, probably since The Breakfast Club. Yes, <laughs> that to me is an odd one. Um, however, this is your cup of tea, isn't it? This is your sort of film. So, so, so. Nope. I, I do I do like a, a, a teen movie, but I always like the idea of this film. <laughs> it's so weird. Why? Did you say I do like a teen movie? Teen movies, yeah. That's a fantastic genre. Okay. I've been waiting to get a book on Amazon of the best teen movies of all time, but um, I'm not spending 25 quid. Well, no, American Pie, Ferris Bueller. Okay. These are all these are all teen movies. This I always liked the idea of this film more than the actual film, and I'd only seen it once before. Blockers is the one that I've repeatedly criticised on here because if you're going to do, as they tried to tag it for a second time, the female superbad, you had to do it properly and they completely botched it. This one, I don't think my opinion has ever changed more from a first to a second watch. I have in my notes that this is the equivalent of a female superbad. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I mean it, it, we'll get onto that. I've got a whole thing on that, but because it that is, I think it's the closest film I've seen to a female superbad. It is for sure, and that somewhat dragged it down when the box office came. I mean, it, it wasn't a box office flop, but it wasn't a box office success. Um, Must be like quite it, hard though if you're making a film that, and then it's got its own merits, and then you know it's going to be compared to a film that is regarded as one of the best teen movies i'd say coming of age movies but i guess teen movies is um is is also true but like it was always going to be compared to that wasn't it hold on to that thought for about two minutes because it's the first thing we're going to tackle all right i've got it as of the critics reviews a synopsis probably i should get into first on the eve of their high school graduation two academic superstars and best friends realize they should have worked less and played more Determined not to fall short of their peers, the girls try to cram four years of fun into one night. What do you think the critics thought of this one? Um, 2019, feminism is rife. Um, I I think they were on board. I I think they'd give it mostly positive reviews. 
Booksmart is a mostly sweet film that works hard to show the full depth of a female friendship, showcasing two up-and-coming, highly talented actors. It's a movie that holds up well against other recent notable comedies. Nice. I agree with that. They're good actors, aren't they? Very good. Refreshingly, the film's generous spirit extends to all its characters, whether geek or jock or cool kid. Unlike almost every other high school movie, no one here is a mean girl in need of a comeuppance. Yeah, I have a note about that. There's a hell of a lot of characters in this high school. (laughs) I mean, me and you went to different high schools, but it definitely wasn't this kind of eclectic. Do you know what I mean? There's there's a lot of... uh, there's a lot of big characters going on in the same year so, group. I know Olivia Wilde took inspiration from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is mm. one that I don't think you've seen. Um, if you have, I would like to do it on here at some point. Fast Times but at Ridgemont. It's going I... way back. It's Sean Penn. Sean Penn is in it as a stoner. Yeah, no, I haven't. Um, I always... What is the superhero like TV show? where It, I, it sounds like that, but it's not... The, I, I vaguely remember as a kid watching this TV show, which was animated, and it was a load of superheroes at a school, and it wasn't X-Men, but it was something like... I. It, whenever you say that name, I always think of that. I don't know. That's going really, something, to something really, really bug me. Yeah, it's something high, and it's like teenagers at a high school. It's American, but... Um, but essentially, Olivia Wilde and screenwriter Katie Silverman, I believe her name is, they noted that in that film there's so many characters and all of them feel like genuine characters. There's no one that's kind of there for a passing moment. All of the characters feel fleshed out, I believe she described it as. And so yeah. that's what they do here. There isn't really anyone that you see for about 30 seconds and they're just kind of there for a quick gag. They um, There's yeah. about 15 people that they include throughout. That's the thing, isn't it? And they do that in Mean Girls. You've got the main three and then they introduce Katie and then... The others are kind of just there for the gags, aren't they, really? Like its main characters, Booksmart is an overachiever that knows how to have a good time. Nice. I like that. A moving, modern view of teenage life that's both very funny and draped in kindness and vulnerability. Yeah, you get the vulnerability. I don't know where the kindness comes from. Oh, no, there's... no, 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 there is actually a very nice, kind scene at the end. I mean, the entire film is basically don't judge a book by its cover. And so there's no one really that comes out of the film. <laughs> is that a bit of wordplay that you had written down? No, as in there's, <laughs> there's no one that comes out of this as a villain. There's, a, there's a positive There's for every single character in this film. Yeah, yeah, there's no real jocks that you're meant to hate. The screenplay was put together by a team of four writers whose apparent aspirations to be Superbad 2.0 overtakes the meaningful story at the film's core. So let's tackle that first. Go on, then. Jonah Hill's sister, Beanie Feldstein, being the lead name on the poster, the lead face on the poster here. I'm glad that you finally accepted that because me and you have had a discussion before where you adamantly denied that she's her sister. And I can't remember which one. If one of your surnames felt it was Bad Neighbours, the worst pod probably ever made. Well, you you vehemently denied that she is Jonah Hill's sister. So if someone's make... surname is Hill and someone's surname is Feldstein, I mean that's quite a way apart. Doesn't so work you don't like assume. that in Hollywood. I thought you were like making I thought you were making a joke. Well, clearly I'm hilarious. Well, I did see a nice photo of them together at the premiere, actually, with him wearing a beanie sister jacket. Yeah, they both effectively play the more aggressive, kind of bigger loser of the pair, if if there is one. 
Yeah, I mean, he she plays Seth in Superbad, yeah. and the other one plays I got, Evan. I, I, yeah, Evan. I always forget the actors characters names which is really well, bad but th- th- there's some other comparisons i mean i thought the scene that introduced the characters was actually paying homage to super in a way with the kind of funky music playing as they both get in the car you get you're that, sold that. you're sold from that first scene i think where they're just talking and dancing dancing yeah it's <laughs> well, just think, really good i think something that's really important from the jump and you get this particularly with seth in the early stages of Superbad, is as much as they aren't supposed to be the popular kids. And I think Seth is certainly supposed to be closer to a loser than the other way around. Um, Evan is kind of in the middle. And I think these characters, they're supposed to be kind of, they're neither up there or down there. They, they are the sole kind of definition of the in-between is they're entirely comfortable with who they are. They aren't aspiring to be other people in this. And from the jump, they aren't moving around nervously, they're quite content with what they like and they realise there's more that they could like, but from well, the jump, they, they, they almost, don't feel awkward. They almost have that sense of hubris. I mean, Beanie's character does where she thinks, she does think that she's better than people because of her grades. And yeah. she, ex- she accepts that the other ones are you know, more cool, but she's ultimately going to do better in life. And then obviously the flip is actually these people are smart and they've enjoyed themselves at high school too. Is it high school? Or is yeah. it different in America, yeah. isn't it? Well, they, they even they have the character in the wrong class at the start and um, <clears throat> Beanie's character is kind of being hit with things like Seth being spat at. Jared is basically a less interesting McLovin. And my main point here is the Superbad comparisons are fair, but yeah. I think it's unfair to stop at the Superbad comparisons because the film is so much more than that. There are some things it does better than Superbad. Yeah, a lot there's of things... more heart in it, isn't there? Yeah, and I mean, for us, we're <laughs> going to relate to Superbad more than we're going to relate to Booksmart, I would assume. You've got the mm. Evan I, and Becca... I see Superbad as more... Um, you, you're very, very fond of American Pie, but I think I was quite late to American Pie. I don't think I watched American Pie until... Um, I definitely watched it after Superbad. Superbad for me was like the the kind of um, film that you compare your going into adolescence to. The same as when you watch The Inbetweeners, you compare you know things that have happened in The Inbetweeners to things that have happened in our own lives. I mean, you and I have been to house parties at like sixteen, where we've got we've got lots of tales which probably can't be told on the pod. But you know, for me. Um, Superbad was the one that I compared with American Pie. I don't think I watched until I was in my twenties. So. I, th- I I saw American Pie at probably around fifteen, sixteen. I was staying at my dad's yeah. house, and he had one of them little like portable DVD players, and yeah. he got me to watch it basically. And then in front of my brothers and stepmom said, "But don't be asking me for a pie in the morning." And I was like, "Your what dad made me? your and dad then, made you watch it." He, he was like, watch that, basically. And then uh, said, yeah, don't ask for a pie in the morning. And then the next day I was like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why would you, yeah. why would you even say that? <laughs> but Superbad, there's nothing that will be above Superbad for me. I think it's the most quotable comedy film of all time. Um, but this deserves to stand alone in its own right. But then the Superbad comparisons, they aren't unfair, is what I would say. Mm. I think Booksmart is a lot nicer of a film. I think Superbad 
in a weird way is a lot more realistic in the way it handles the different social groups and the reactions they get and kind of the happy or unhappy ending. But in this, I think it's a lot more creative visually. We are about 11 years on, to be fair. You've got the claymation sequence, which we'll get to, yes. and the stop motion sequence, sorry. So uh, strange. I think, and the thing is in Superbad as well, is that Evan and Seth constantly um, dig at each other and insult each other, whereas in this, it's the opposite. Yeah. They're constantly complimenting each other. I don't know whether that's kind of the girl's take on, and it's like feminist, and it's girls should be nice to each other because men are always horrible to women sort of thing, but... Um, this is this yeah. is a bit more creative, I think. As I said, the stop motion sequence, that that strange dance sequence, which is maybe the only criticism I would have of the film. Which dance sequence at the start? No, when they get into the party and uh, Molly sees Nick for the first time, and then he kind of sweeps her off her feet, and they dance through different sceneries. And all right, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the stop. You definitely motion... don't remember that. I don't know how no. that escapes your memory. <clears throat> no, I don't. The um the stop motion one is is really weird. It makes me feel really uncomfortable. It's good. It's good. We'll we'll get to that a bit later. Okay. It said about the comedy movies of the time, and I've spoken about this a bit before when we did Bad Neighbors. This really comes out at a time when we are desperate for comedy films. We both enjoyed Jennifer Lawrence's new one. I think if that yep. comes out in the late two thousands, it's okay. It's decent. It's probably not going to get the same applause that it's got now yeah i looked from 2015 to 2020 which is a year after this comes out and you're looking at one probably three maximum good comedy movies every year so there's more pressure on the releases but they can hit far harder daddy's home comes out in 2015 the nice guys in 2016 bad mums if you want to push for another don't even think about saying bad neighbors too because yeah when does Bridesmaids come out? That feels like... Bridesmaids is uh, 2011? Yeah, so a while ago now. I mean, the the Jennifer Lawrence film that's just come out, it does feel like a revival of that kind of hard-hitting... Hard-hitting is not the right word, but, you know, like the humour, yeah. um, which which pushes the boundaries, which I don't think we've had for a while. I was right, 2011. Um, nice. yeah, you got The Disaster Artist in 2017, Game Night in 2018, which I think is the best comedy of the last what, five, six, seven years. Booksmart 2019, and then King of Staten Island in 2020. If you're really scrambling for one, it's a, it's a rough year for comedies, that. Mm. I think... We have, we have different views on, on comedies, I- I, well, I mean, I you can prefer... you can go back and you can look at the films that have come out. I, I've said this. I know, but you've, you've only mentioned American comedies because you tend to sway more towards American comedies, I find. Has there been a big English comedy in those years? Between uh, 2023 and what, 2020 to 2015? Because if, if you I, can point one out. If I was to look on IMDb, I'm sure I'd find some. But I'm pointing out a big... I'm saying one that is going to fill the cinema. I'm not, I'm talking... Objectively, well, it, is usually, it is usually the American comedies that do fill the cinema. So that's what I mean. So really, in terms of packing out a cinema, you're getting one to th- three a year max. Whether the films are good or not that I've listed, 
yeah, the ones that I mean, are actually getting people in seats in the cinema. That's that's what I mean. So it's the generic American kind of comedies that make it to the the big screens like that. But then you've got like your Martin McDonough films and things like that, which aren't held well. They're held in high regard, but they don't fill seats out as much. I also wouldn't call that a pure comedy because I I, I bracketed things off that are mm. kind of action comedies, those kind of things, because yeah. I think that's where comedy really has gone. It's shifted into like a comedy superhero film or a comedy action film or mm. these kind of things, or even just a rom-com. We don't really get these kind of pure comedies so much yeah. anymore, and that, that's the that's really the point I was making. Yeah. The, the main characters, you've got Molly straight A's she's introduced in a room full of pictures of Michelle Obama you've got Amy we're told very early that she's gay this isn't something that she's hiding through the film that's not some kind of like uh gamey okay that's not like a person that's not uh an arc that we're trying to find during the film that she's kind of discovering herself and so on she has a crush on Ryan and we we don't know whether she's gay or she's straight, she has a crush on her. Basically, I thought you were meant in- to think that she's gay. Aren't you? Yeah, she's quite tomboyish. I thought the way they did it, her sexuality doesn't feel Forced. like it's planted as a quirk. It doesn't feel out of place. No, it's treated with the same kind of awkwardness that every other character's is granted with. It's not big thing of the film like and it's could... nice that it's already established it's not something that she realizes at the end of the film it's not a you know kind of she's she's worked this out throughout the course of the film which i think a lot of films would go down that route and the sort of ending scenes would be oh i'm gay sort of thing yeah and so even the way that it's done you could easily swap that and it be her crushing on a male later in the film and she doesn't yeah. quite know what she's doing and you know she has this crush on him she doesn't know if he feels the same way and so yeah. that's why it works i think because it doesn't feel like a, it doesn't it's matter a if, thing. It's a, if it's a boy or a girl yeah um olivia wilde encouraged both caitlin deaver and beanie feldstein to just spend as much time living together as possible to build up a rapport between them they they were roommates for 10 weeks they say it was predominantly night shoots they were doing for this so they would shoot till about 6am, they would go home, sleep till about 1pm. They said they'd wake up, they'd make pancakes, they would run lines together and then go and shoot. And I think it was a 26-day shoot, but they started living That's together good. during pre-production. That's fun. They they say they just kind of clicked immediately. I, I have such admiration for these casting agents that can spot these people working together because putting two stars together doesn't necessarily work and no going right through the the history of cinema through the buddy cop films buddy films you know all these types of films yeah sometimes the the duos that you wouldn't kind of just pick out of a lineup just click and both of these i think it helps they are very good well casting agents are starting to get recognition for that they're starting to get awards and things which has always been overlooked it's always been the actors the directors and the writers and now things like costume um uh cinematography uh cast and directors there are they're starting to be awards and, and recognitions for that which is good well 
I mentioned before that I really like Caitlin Deaver. She's great. I remember she she blew me away when I watched Unbelievable. And I had no real clue what I was, was clicking nice onto. Yeah. And I think I believe I saw that before this. She's obviously good in this too. And there's there's like a happy balance when you're playing the awkward and shy one because not everything can feel performative, I feel, or, or like a physical punchline. And then also when you come out of your shell later in the film, as, as always happens, it can't feel like another character. I hate things where something happens, they kind of snap and it's it's just someone new. It's not the same person that has developed and met kind of a natural conclusion to their character. She does yeah. that really well in this. Their arc, you think this is out of place for that character. I think that's one of the issues where um, Game of Thrones fell down in season seven and season eight. You're thinking it's, some of the writing went downhill because you're just thinking, well, like, this character wouldn't do this from what yeah. we know of them. And it, it just ruins everything. Yeah, At least take us on the journey. And even at that point, someone isn't going to go from being a little socially awkward to then standing on tables and screaming and shouting. And I know a lot of times they'll just use someone being drunk as kind of a gateway to that still doesn't really happen like that. So even just being slightly more than they were before and getting recognition for it works far more than uh, how it's been done in some other films. Probably the the worst types of this genre. It's viable. The scene at the end where she sort of sacrifices herself to, to save the others at the party that's that's viable because all she's doing is giving herself up to the police. She's not, yeah, it's not a bank heist or anything like that. Well, even the point when they go out to the pool and she's jumping in the pool with Ryan and, you yeah. know, she's moving a bit faster than usual and she's a bit more frantic and she's smiling more and she's kind of speaking a bit more. It is slowly working there and you've got the karaoke scene in between to help you get to that point. It all just fits together, it fits together really well. And, when they come out in their matching outfits, for example, she's different to how she is at school or at the party, but she's also more reserved in her body language than Beanie Feldstein's character is. Yeah. Have you watched Dope Sick? No, I haven't, but the I've seen it. I've Oxy, seen that she's in it. Oxycontin, yeah. I I need to watch that. It's Will Poulter as well, isn't it? And um, and our man, what's he called? It's our man, Keaton. I need to Michael watch Keaton. that. Yeah, because there's... Um, I remember seeing posters for it all over London and I was like, oh, it looks really interesting. But yeah, I know that she... Is. came out on Disney, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it yeah, didn't release in the trailer in, for something. Yeah, it was a t- it's a TV show. Yeah. yeah. See, this and Unbelievable came out in the same year, so hell of a 2019 for her. Yeah. Beanie Feldstein, this was the first time I saw her or rather first time I paid attention to her. I saw today that she was in Bad Neighbours 2, which again tells you how... Okay. completely forgettable that film was yep. I saw she played Monica Lewinsky in 2021 as well by the way which weird didn't see coming who is she in Bad Neighbours 2 one of she's one of Grace, those sorority girls yeah Grace yeah. his friend hmm. she she's she's brilliant in this um, it would have been easy for her to do a recreation of her brother in Superbad it does feel like a completely it, it feels like a separate character. She's playing it in her own way. I think Project you know, X... Go on. I was gonna, Project X is a great example, and I love that film, but every film, every teen film coming out of the 2010s had a knockoff of Seth from Superbad. Well, you know that in private, they must have had 
big, big conversations about yeah. this type of film and this type of humour. And there must have been conversations with him saying, you don't want to do it this way, you don't want to do it that way. And her also saying, I know I'm going to be compared to you in this. One, because it's a similar character. And two, because they are siblings. You're going to, like, you know, um, compare them. I think it's it, the same as you do the same with Franco and the yeah. other Franco. So. I think it's also credit to the writers as well because it would be easy, it could almost be out of her hands, couldn't it? If the character is written yeah. in such a way that it is just a female Seth from Superbad. And yeah. if you if you go back to the late 2000s, every film of this genre has a knockoff stifflet. Mm. And so they do it really well. The characters feel as natural as they can be in a film of this genre. And something with her that I noted, Dan, I'm not sure I'd ever paid attention to something like this before, but her eye contact, she has big eyes, obviously, but almost looking past the lens, but still right in the middle of the frame, was really good the whole way through. It helped you know exactly how she was feeling. I thought the way that she looked at Amy, just barreled home again, how close they were. I believe they were best friends throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Before they even go to the party, when Amy says... uh, Let's just sit down, I'll cut the cake, we'll look through the memory box. And that felt as good of a representation of the characters and what they're supposed to be as anything. Mm. Mm. Do you think that comes from a female director, Olivia Wilde, focusing on that and the fact that she was an actress before she went into directing? Because it's I just think it's interesting. When I rewatched it, um I was surprised at the end that it was directed by Olivia Wilde. It's her it's her directorial debut and she'd been looking yeah. around for something for a while. And this for script was this script was one that had been bouncing around and yeah. it makes its way into, as I say, uh, Katie Silverman and she was credited with a lot of things on uh, Netflix at the time. Yeah. And she says that she wanted to just tweak it. She said it wasn't a bad script already, it just needed a bit of fine-tuning. And she wanted it to be a film that she would have wanted to watch at her age. At the age of these characters, sorry. And I I think they do it really well. I think it's it's clearly relatable for girls to watch it. And I think it's watchable enough for us to watch it and try to understand the, the place that they're coming from. The whole dynamics are just flipped to what it is in a traditional teen film. I guess a good, a good example of just twisting everything, the the scene in which Molly is in the uh, toilet cubicle and they don't know she's sat in there and they're talking about her. We've seen that so many times. That's Yeah, I have that in my notes. It's just classic, isn't it? But, this but time, I do rate her walking out and owning it. But also this time they're talking about her, her being smart and her personality rather than being her looks. It would usually be either yeah. she slept with this many people or she's a virgin would be the way that scene would go or yep. they would say you know she's, i'd have to be so drunk to you know yeah she's a pig sort of thing yeah they are talking about her yeah her drive and her intelligence and yeah but she walks out just so confidently doesn't she that's really good that never happens in those in those kind of things even um does it happen in euphoria with sweeney What's the scene in Euphoria where she's in the... No, no, I'm, th- I'm getting that confused with at the end at the play where she just confidently yeah. walks yeah. up on stage. But you do like to see it when instead of these people just being belittled and just sitting there crying, which is 
how it would usually go nine, 99% of the time to actually just stand up and walk out confidently. Even it's, in it's really just cool. how they handle it being the other way around. So in the next however many scenes, we've got her talking about masturbating with a stuffed panda. We've got mm-hmm. them talking about watching porn, uh, being good at having sex for the first time. And we've seen all this before, obviously, but not with it being uh, a female-centered film, not with this level of kind of awkward honesty coming from this type of film. And I think they do well. I mean, it's it's written by four women, so they're obviously going by the experiences. You mean the idea of women taking hold of sexuality and sex as a... It feels like it's uh, not written for men. It feels like it's written... Yeah, it's usually about the man saying how he wants to sleep with the girl, and it's usually from the man's point of view, isn't it? So they've got this this kind of grasp on on their their version of sex. and You get it a little bit in American Pie, though, don't you, with what's-her-name, with the flute? Yeah, but when they're doing it... it But that's more for a gag. Yeah, and even with that, with it being girls talking about this... I just think the, the the level of crudity they go to is just about right because yeah. I mean we've all been in group chats we've all been in big groups of lads and you all of these conversations none of them are that outlandish in fact no. they probably held it back from the point in which it probably goes to in both sexes and so to bring back the super bad comparisons they do it just as well and mm. it feels just right and I think it's a lot more crude in Superbad, though, when Seth is talking about what he wants to do to Emma Stone's It is, and I don't lot, think... It's a lot more crass, whereas I think women talking about sex and masturbation, etc., I think it was always a lot more taboo. It's like women what? shouldn't talk about this sort of thing. But I even think... They, they own it really well in this film. I even think in groups when, like, behind closed doors probably have all of the same conversations but we've not seen it on film before and i don't yeah, think women, women like sex as much as men yeah. like sex and my, not... my point i don't think you can quite literally do the female super bad i don't think you could have beanie feldstein cracking the same jokes that seth does and so no. this is skirting right on the edge of it where it doesn't feel like it's turning too many people off and it doesn't feel like it's holding itself back to please other people. So I think they got it just right. Yeah. How when the film came out, how big was it? Because I feel like it didn't it was hyped do as and then well th- as it perhaps should have. I think it only made about twenty four million. I think. Hmm. And so it it was which, hyped beforehand. Which it, and in reality, if you were to reverse it and have almost almost a super bad spin-off with another three men young upcoming hollywood actors it, it probably would have done better that is well, the, a sad reality isn't it the best comparison is good boys came out the year before if you can remember that and it yeah. was literally they did super bad the characters even looked like the yeah. ca- the cast of super bad it was seth rogan produced mm. and that made over 80 million yeah exactly. and it's 10 times worse i didn't make yeah. it to the end of the film Wow. This is a hundred times better, but it's getting the eyes on it. And this 
turns a lot of people off. I think the majority audience for this type of film is male 18 to 24, probably 15 to 24 is probably the the, the age range that this is most popular with. I don't and think it could have been done by a male director either. I think no, it definitely had to not. be a female director. I just think I Olivia Wilde, um, with everything that's come up, come about with Don't Worry Darling. Darling, it's just she. It all just seems very problematic. That entire shoot seems crazy. So it's almost like so when when I rewatched it the other day and it, it said Olivia Wilde at the end, I was a little bit spun out because I I don't know. But then I don't know why I'm trying to think who else but could have directed it. I, I think in my in in my head I was thinking maybe that Greta Gerwig. Listen to the way that any of the people that worked on this film talk about it. Yeah. And they, they, they all say what a fantastic set this was. Olivia Wilde said, go away, read the script. If there's anything you see your character say in this script that you personally don't feel they would say, rewrite it yourself, bring it to me just so we can work it into the script so everyone knows what they're doing. I don't want you to feel that you're portraying an inauthentic character. Yeah, it sounds... That sounds they right. Say, it's just, it was just a very, away. very toxic environment sure. on Don't Worry Darling, wasn't it? And that's kind of smeared her career a little bit. They, they say that she went round to each of the actors and got to know their acting background. Because she said everyone works differently. And she said the best yeah. time she's had on sets was when a director would take into account the way she's used to working and then yeah. craft it by that. And so they worked in a way... She's come from the actress actor background, so yeah. And so the the first time actors, she got them to improvise more, so they felt more comfortable and they could do that. And then the ones that needed more cues, she made sure they had it. And I don't know how a lot of these things are probably incredibly common, but for such a young cast, the fact that all of them came out and spoke so highly of the experience they had was um, quite impressive. Yeah, and there was no unnecessary sexualization either, which I think you would get in. It would be easy to go down that route and, you know, show boobs the way that American Pie does. It would be easy to go down that route, but she was never going to do that. I think this film made it just about as wide as it should have, to be honest. I think if this film made it any wider, you'd have had the same idiots online talking about how woke this is from the posters on the walls in their bedroom to the characters involved. But it feels to me that every character here feels largely natural there's a couple that are obviously hammed up a little bit but it never yeah. feels preachy never feels exploitative it always feels like we're laughing with them rather than it's, at them it's the exploitative kind of side to it if it was a different director the scene where they're all jumping in the pool yeah you'd see tits yeah, you just would sure. you just would Do and you... that's not how it would go in at house parties anyway me and you when we were growing up we went to however many house parties yeah we weren't jumping into hot tubs but people weren't just getting naked for the sake of getting naked do you think that you could do Amy's character as a male and still handle it in the same way? Uh, still being gay? Yeah. I feel like it would be far more American Pie or in between a type comedy with, with the way of handling it. Mm. For this type of film. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. I guess so. It. Or, or think, if it was I done... Think it would be, I think the focus would be more on um, being gay than than the actual character themselves. Yeah, so it would be billed as like a gay comedy. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there would always be, as well, I think there would be the question, if you had two male actors doing the same thing, 
it would be, oh, is the other one gay as well? And it, it would just become more centered around the whole gay thing. It wouldn't just be something that just happens to be part of their character. It's just their sexual preference would become like one of the main uh, plot lines. The, the jokes around the introduction of this being a part of their character are great with the, you know, I'm a film person to lay around and have sleepovers with. That's literally all we do. Yeah. Um, this this film is far more for me on a level playing field than you would find in something like The Breakfast Club, for example, where they they say these people would never be friends with each other unless <laughs> they were put in this situation. Whereas by the end of this film, every single person is like interweaved. Like it's almost yeah. the end of Forty uh, Year Old Virgin where they've got Jonah Hill like in the field, like singing and frolicking yeah. around. It's basically like this by the end of it, just less <laughs> showy than that. Age of Aquarius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In so many that's films like this, <laughs> if the character is nerdy, then that's really all they are. Yeah. And they, they flesh out the characters just, just enough. Yeah. Olivia Wilde said one of her main inspirations for this film was uh, The Big Lebowski, one that we did on here. And that the role of Gigi makes a lot more sense in that context. Mm. she described it as the training day of high school movies so uh, make of that what you will mm. who did Olivia Wilde yeah let's uh, switch the order around to what we usually do and talk about the best moments and scenes now oh the it's unusual for you I am uh... mixing it up are you yeah okay. the the freak out Molly has at the start that sets this whole film up is very good when she finds out that and I guess we've we've all probably seen and been annoyed by this when there are people that can do less work and they just seem to get by they just seem to, <laughs> yeah, to make it work and her the idea where she says they lied to us you can get yeah. into a good school and enjoy yourself as well and yeah. the freak out going down the corridor is the one, you know, it's my fifth choice, but I got into Harvard and I'm actually not going to school, but I'm working at Google as of next week. And... Oh, I'm on six, six figures. Yeah. Yeah. That was me at school. I hated school, but I always got good grades. So I kind of just floated about. And the water balloon and... fight, or I guess. Well, condoms, no, it, it wasn't. Yeah. And that, I had that in my notes. <laughs> condoms are so expensive, yet they're filling condoms up, which I don't know how Did it would probably get be. handed out for free at your school? I went to a Catholic school. Uh, I went to an all boys school. <laughs> there was so, so okay. I mean, okay. Really, condoms aren't uh, the priority on either list. There, I uh, don't know for an all boys school. I guess they're saying don't go out there and get people pregnant. And so there was just these bins full of them, and as you'd imagine, people would fill them up as water balloons. Well, that never happened at my school. We were given crosses and rosary beads, and what people did with the rosary beads—that was just beads, for when you sat next to them. <laughs> was their business <laughs> what happened on the last day of school for you uh we went to a party while at I'm, school i mean I'm so did anything sure. happen oh, before i was leaving school? um i kind of surfed on the top of jake beach's car jake beach drove his car and i was stood on top of it surfing it that was cool and one of the teachers saw, I can't remember his name, one of the science teachers saw, and Abba was also blaring out um, of the windows, and he just looked and kind of smiled and slowly nodded. So that was quite cool. I can't remember his name. Jesus. 
But I did, weirdly, I, what was his name? He wasn't my science teacher, but he was a science teacher. But I did see him in London about four or five years ago, randomly at Victoria Coach Station. You know that one where you double take? Yeah. Thinking, how the hell do I know you? But yeah, um, I kind of surfed Jake's car. That happened. Uh, um, we did the whole shirt signing thing. Did you do that at your school? Oh, oh but, uh, at my school. It must school. have been different at an all-boys school well, because at our school we did, you know, the whole girls would stand there whilst blokes put their hand on their tits and then drew a tracing of their hand and then wrote, this belongs to so-and-so. And every single girl had handprints just... on their boobs and bums. Yeah, that's that's pretty normal. I don't I don't think that's uh, oh, out I think of... it was finding a lot more about the school you went to. Whereas that I'm pretty sure that happened at a lot of schools. Where there was a lot of water balloons trace. in that chucked no, around while I was that. there, and then there no, was supposed to be an assembly where everyone was going to get handed their yearbooks. And I didn't particularly like anyone, so I had no interest in getting people to sign my yearbook or staying around. So I left <laughs> before that last like assembly. Any, anyone at school. You there's sat people in the corner like a little quiet kid eating a peanut butter and jam sandwich. I didn't bring sandwiches because I once had um, a dinner lady when I was in primary school made me eat an old sandwich, and now I can't eat pre-packed sandwiches at home. Strange. Um, Can we talk but, about the time when you brought a McDonald's onto the National Express coach, and the coach driver took it off of you and said you can have it back at the end? I mean, one we of could, the but there's, there's not. It's, it's, there's no real correlation. One of the funniest things I've ever heard in my entire life. Every now and again, I think about that. I imagine your face, and it makes me smile. He offered me it when I was getting off, which was the worst part of that. <laughs> I said, no, it's all right, mate, you can keep it. My one bite left of a McMuffin. Yeah, so I, I left while all this was going on because I wasn't getting caught in any crossfire of... Uh... There was a thing where... There was a there was a teacher... Did I tell us on a Breakfast Club podcast? The years above us, when they were leaving... There was a maths teacher that nobody liked, and someone rugby tackled him down a flight of stairs. Yeah, that does ring a bell. Yeah, on their yeah, last I think day. You did tell that story. So yeah, that's yeah when I saw that years before, I said, "Fuck that! I am not yeah. hanging around at all." I, yeah, I got the hell out of there. There was never. Ours was just writing. We were writing in each other's diaries. You know, people brought in planners. Um, there was writing on shirts. Everyone was crying taking photos this was back in the bebo days wasn't it well my last so you, you said sharing the love you said about a party that the last day of school i went to uh, we went to a party on the last day of school because i remember you uh, obviously we might have broke up at diff- no we would have broke up on the same day no i would have known you then i don't think may oh maybe a sixth form i'm thinking of then yeah i, I went to i met someone from another school that I was mates with and we were told that there was a party in Abbey Meet and so we oh, walked, no, I, we yeah, walked to his from uh, Long Levens and it was basically about eight boys and two girls stood in a circle in a field and that was really it and I think I we left shortly went, after. I went to a boat party. I say a boat party like it was a huge... 500 people i mean a, a girl that was in the same year as me had a houseboat and we went there and there was wherever you park what is it park up yeah same, you? I don't, it's not park up is it there's a word for it drop your anchor make make port um around there we had uh 
uh, barbecue and then drank and then yeah I remember that it was quite good it was quite good um, alright yeah the other scenes yeah not entirely in order here the, the karaoke I mean the Alanis Morissette impression is fantastic mm. I like how rogue the song choice is and just in terms of how it works on set Olivia Wilde said that the song was already chosen but she presented it to Caitlin Deaver who said this was has always been her karaoke song she's obviously a, a good singer anyway she's in a band actually she is a good singer yeah. with her sister Nice. That's cool. Um, so obviously nails that, but the guy at the start had clearly been waiting for that moment. I like that he gives up with the impression until the chorus again. Mm. And when Amy starts singing and her voice clearly isn't bad, he kind of goes, ugh. Then <laughs> he says, yeah. you can tell she's not supporting no breath control. And yeah. that gets me. I've watched it back quite a few <laughs> times. <laughs> That's very, very drama school. I mean, I've got notes on that. The murder mystery thing, I have specific notes on. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been invited to one of those bars. No, no. Oh, my God. I might as well get into it now. So I was, I did three years at drama school, and there was a group of people that can only be described as the Disney bunch. They would watch Disney musicals, be constantly singing, constantly dancing. And the drama school that I went to, it, it was split into, you'd either do like physical theatre, TV acting, um, theatre acting, Shakespeare classics and stuff. And then there was musical theatre, which is a completely different thing where you're practising singing and dancing. I, I didn't do that and neither did these people that were in my cohort. But there was a bunch and they were the Disney bunch. And I'd say that every other week they would do murder mystery parties at their flat. And you got given this spreadsheet and you had to learn who your character was, what their intentions were, blah, blah, blah. And you had to stay in character. I, I mean, for the entirety of the three years, I was invited to these parties and I never went because it just sounds awful. <laughs> I, w- I would break character immediately. And, and these lot took it really seriously. Like these were, these were <laughs> kind of hardcore stay in character or get out of the party sort of thing and I would just be looking on Instagram or whatever and seeing these videos of people that were just completely in character almost as if it was a, an acting exercise and it just look they just look awful I feel you like you're more like yourself. these than you're letting on no you no, and Delaney no, not at all no that's this is exactly the point me and Delaney never went to them instead we went to the pub you told me Delaney always stays in character so he'd have loved these Dan stays in character when he's doing theatre, when he's yeah, doing so shows. This. No, because what are you getting out of it? It's not a, it's not a performance, is it? It's for it's, your own... Um, Do you know what? I'm not, sharpening I'm not your gonna, tools. I'm not going to speak for Dan, and I'm not going to speak for Mike, and I'm not going to speak for Charlie, but they were the three main people that I hung out with at drama school, and when all these were going on, we never went. We just went to the pub instead, or we went out to central London. Do you know what I mean? It's much more fun to go to Leicester Square than it is to play Mr. Moggins for the entirety of the night, wondering <laughs> if, if you're going to get murdered or not, if and not in, breaking character. If you'd put in the grind then, you might not be here now. <laughs> well, yeah, you say that. Where are they now? Well, you say that. None of the rest of them are doing any, any better, and Dan has played Phil Mitchell. So, you know, who's the real winners here? And Mike? 
Mike has something very big upcoming, which hey, I actually can't speak about. He might have played Ben Mitchell if he'd been at them parties. He played Phil Mitchell. That's far more iconic. Ben's a regular. Well, Dan would have been too old to play Ben at that point anyway. <laughs> Dan's met Ben, actually. They, he met Ben at an audition somewhere for something. I remember him saying... Hasn't there been like eight Bens? I'm not. I'm not an East Enders <laughs> guy. Been, there's been loads of Bens, but Dan met one of them. And yeah, Mike has something quite quite big coming up in the works, which I'm excited for. I liked the claymation doll scene. Oh, I keep saying claymation because I said what it is in Harold and Kumar. The stop motion scene. Did not throw you out immediately when they got undressed. See, that's the nudity in this film. That's well, when they do the nudity. I I understood. The point of it, I like how creative this film is. I think it's more creative than any other film in this genre. It's like Olivia Wilde going right. If we're going to going to go down the, it was her idea. Sex, yeah, down the sex cells, and women are objectified as dolls. Then let's just make them dolls. And well, let's they make do. Them they, she, they comment it on how out of proportion the bodies are. Her, yeah. Amy quietly likes her shape. She says, "You know, I know this is unrealistic and bad for women, but is it bad that I look pretty good? I don't need yeah. to use my brain. I just need to be smooth and flexible." Yeah. <laughs> but it's when they start doing all the weird positions and stuff. It's just, I don't know. It's a bit uncomfortable for me. Yeah, maybe it's because. <laughs> do you know what? Maybe it's because I rewatched it so close to Barbie coming out. My brain's just sort of connecting weird dots with Barbie dolls and and them and Barbie dolls doing that sort of thing. I don't know. Did you ever have you you can't have had Barbie dolls in the house growing up, can you? Because you no, we had uh, we had action men because had, I was repeatedly told through school that I've got the hair of an action man. So you can imagine that was really fun for me. Action man and what was the other one? Um, uh, G.I. Joe, is that that was a no? Was we didn't a, have any of them. We had a stretch Armstrong, yeah. Stretch Armstrong, we got we stabbed with that. a pencil, and but, then you realize the stuff came out of it. <laughs> same as same as us, if we got stabbed with a pencil, you used to get someone to hold one end and the other stretch it as far as possible and then let go and see if it would clock the other person. My ex girlfriend got stabbed with a with, pencil by a stretch Armstrong, no, <laughs> not by me, with a pencil, um, in food tech in year nine I think it was and I was with her for six years and by the end of that six years she still had a lead mark in her arm probably should get it looked at but it was I mean I think she has lead in her arm stab one of them crosses from year nine yeah the scene where they decide to watch porn in the car oh yeah very good Think of it as a documentary. Is it? I mean, I can I can safely say I've I've never watched that with a friend. I'm I don't know how common that is, but the you same. Never, you've never sat down and cracked open a cold one and watched some porn with your boys. No, not and certainly not as kind of an uh, investigative procedure like they do here. There was a weird kid in our in our. I don't school. think you've ever even watched porn, have you? No, no, no. You are just was an a... absolute saint. There was a kid in our school that would uh, watch porn. No, he was like Quagmire, a Family Guy from like year eight. Yeah, and he was the one that I remember. He put on Two Girls One Cup in a DT lesson. Oh yeah, and he and he loaded up this one that was called Poo yeah. Button as well. And yeah, that was the one where you kept clicking it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, not I didn't keep clicking it, but um, 
There was three that went round at the same time. You had two girls, one cup. You had Pooh Button, and you had Lemon um, Party. Is that the one where it's yeah. swinging round and round? Yep, that's right. And so I had not quite the experience that they have here. The thing is, you know where it's going with the headphones, but it's still great. Mm-hmm. Jason Sudeikis, who is uh, so, en- so good, engaged He's to so Olivia Wilde at that point. Okay, that's trivia. I did not know. Well, that's, yeah, that's why he's in the film. And then I was going to the, say the why controversy he in the film with Don't because, Worry Darling is... Because he seems wasted. He seems wasted in this film. He's a comedy genius and he's in it for maybe five minutes. But the well, five think, minutes that he is in it, he's great. I think that's kind of the formula with these films. If you look to Bad Neighbours and it's Lisa Kudrow again. Yep, I also have a note saying, why is Lisa? what is she doing here? What is Lisa Kudrow doing so, in this film? I think you offset the... because no one was going to see a film because Beanie Feldstein's in it in the same way they weren't because Caitlin Deaver was in it. You True. do this and when you IMDb it, it's got Lisa Kudrow, Jason Sudeikis as True. two of the first four names in the IMDb listing. What do you make of Lisa Kudrow? Because you've not watched Friends or at least you don't like Friends. I mean, she, she does what she does. What she does. But you would, you say that you say Lisa Kudrow, you think Phoebe or most people. Well, I, I would still think that. And I think obviously her timing's good in there. She, she plays a convincing, uh, overprotective parents in this one. And we'll, we'll speak about them because they're good as well. And she's the principal in bad neighbors. Yeah. Isn't she? And he asked yeah, at the end, was does, that Cardi she, B? Yeah. She does just sort of pop up in films actually thinking about it, but I, hey, I did think it was get that weird. Money. That up. Yeah. Well, she doesn't need to, they're, they're all making royalties out of friends, aren't they? The the party scene is good as well. I think the the pool scene in particular is shot so nice. Um, slip away, <laughs> shot so nice. I didn't say it like that. <laughs> it's making quite, quite a nice point. The the pool scene, the the water is is color graded, like really really turquoise. Slip away by Perfume Genius, which has been added to my Spotify since, comes in. Caitlin Diva acting underwater has to be more impressive than. Acting on land, I have to think. Should have put her in Avatar. Maybe. Wasted. She sees uh, Nick with Ryan. and She still prioritizes Molly's feelings as another point of the story. Because this party, this point, the point of her jumping in the pool is supposed to be her high point. They've got to Mm. the party. She's with her love interest. And it isn't what they both hoped it would be. And they still turn the film around. It still feels like they get a happy ending. But... It works yeah. well here. Usually the, you get to the party, there's a minor kind of hiccup and then everything is good again. Right at the crest of the party, you're at your happiest point. It doesn't happen in this film. They actually have the argument and it's probably the lowest point for each character. I do feel like Amy, Caitlin, um, Deva's character is nicer than Feldstein's character though. She seems, She just seems more gentle and I do, I do think she's nice. I don't think either, either of them are unlikable though i think they're both very likable i just think amy is like an absolute saint like what does she actually do wrong she tries to protect her friend she i guess i guess her her sin is that she doesn't tell her until then that she's deferred a year but other than that she's a pretty she's a pretty stand-up friend isn't she yep yep (laughs) maybe she's a bit too horrible to hope when she says you know you're one of those people that says they're just honest Oh when yeah, really? They're horrible, but that is a great point because there are so many people like that that do it on the on nice the guy syndrome. Of, I'm, be, nice I'm, guy. I'm just honest. Nice no, guy syndrome. No, because she's she's not even presenting that issue. She's just doing, you know, I'm not horrible. I'm honest. When no, really, there's a 
reason that not everyone is honest with each other. Yeah, you're a dick. Yeah, you're protecting someone else's feelings by not saying, say, oh, how how do I look? Oh, you look fucking awful. And I think oh, the thanks. the point of this film, that moment when she comes out of the water and she sees Nick with Ryan, is just driving home that the film is about friendship. So many of these films are about you know getting your end away, and that's the be all end all of the film. I think we knew the point of it anyway, but it just drives it home again. They did some really nice things as well. I listened to a, kind of a making of with um, the director speaking specifically about this scene. And she says that with some kind of subtle grading throughout the scene, they're able to make the water look colder just at the point when she discovers uh, Nick with Ryan. They they drop it right at the point where the song gets deeper in pitch it's just a really nicely edited scene. And the way the soundtrack flows throughout this film is really good. It doesn't feel like any needle drops for the sake of it. Every song, I think, fits the scene well. I think they got a lot of their first choices, clearly. A lot of the times when it's a women-led film, they just kind of front-load it with chart hits of the time, whether it fits the scene or not. And every... I think you can tell it's her first directed film because it feels like to every single point just the utmost thought and care has gone into it. And Well, do you notice that, though? Do you notice that the water looks a little bit colder? At so and so? I think, I, I I think upon on reflection, now I've heard her say it, maybe it's subconscious as we watch it, the, the, the yeah, pool that, certainly doesn't yeah. look as alluring as it does when she's jumping into the water. I guess, but then you're not watching this film for the... Are you? This isn't the lighthouse. It's... No, but I think at the same time, a lot of the decisions in when the director is doing it with something like that, it's not for us to outwardly notice. It's for us to feel almost, and it just changes yeah. the, the the tone of the scene, and it does it really well. I think. Well, yeah. Now, now you've said it, I, I will notice it on a watchback. Well, even it looks colder when she gets out of the water. It somehow looks like a little bit darker and dingier when she's putting her dress back on while she's still wet, which kind of everything just just works really well i think it's a really well done scene my my only real criticism of the film that i think they should have done differently is at the point where they have their big argument the music is so loud still over the top of them and if they just toned it down more or even had the kind of thing where the music shuts off and then they're still Mm -hmm. arguing i think it would have hit a bit harder yeah, that's it's a really good scene. It's one of the best scenes in the film when everyone starts taking their phones out as well. And you, you know that's how it would go down. Yeah, this is so sad, isn't it? But that's exactly how it would go down in high school. People would start taking their phones out and Snapchatting it and Instagramming it, and you'd wake up the next morning with anxiety, and it, it would just be the worst. We're so shit. We're actually so shit. As don't, a drag, don't drag me down with you. Oh come on, you, me and you are, are as shit as everyone else. No, no. Oh, you're a nice guy. Nice guy. Yeah. The the end scene with the parents kissing the panda is 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 very good. It's it's just a yeah. perfect kind of scene for this film, especially when she smacks it out of his hands at the end. When the dad is, <laughs> yeah. the dad is like the final straw. She's going make it stop. Yeah. <laughs> make it stop. I really I really like the relationship between the dad and the mum, even though it's hardly it's not really looked looked on at all, is it? Apart from when they they cook that dinner, I've got some of their quotes down. He, he's He's so good. So good. <laughs> when he says... Um, cheese, cheese and salami being your dad was the greatest honour of my life. When he said... I, I laughed so much when he said absolutely. 
<laughs> Olive, you girl. That's when, Olive. When they walk, when they walk downstairs, and he goes, "Charmaine, get to the safe room. We're being robbed by the supermodels." Yeah. But there's loads of that in this film. It's the opposite of super bad in the sense that, and also the in betweeners does it, where friends insult each other. This is, this is friends are almost. It's almost the same kind of effect, but they're over complimentary. And it works quite well. Well, so, uh, one of the critics' reviews mentioned it, and they said, oh, basically, everyone in this film is nice. Yeah. So we get the impressions of all the classmates at the start, and then Molly, it's largely her, single-handedly realises, I was actually wrong about all of these people. Mm. They weren't reduced to one trait or like a reductive punchline, and well, if one they of were, they kind of, of undo it as they go through. That triple A never But then they undo did. that, doesn't they? Where well, it, what's her name? Um, they say it, is it Alexis, <laughs> exactly. something like that? No, I don't think so. Or Alexis, something like that. But she says her name and then she says, oh, don't, actually don't call me that. Triple A. Yeah. But I think they ha- the way they do that, I think with the, the stats that the film has set it out in, they couldn't backtrack on that character. And so she says, well, I did do all of that, but, you know, I wanted to. I wasn't going to, why would I have done it at home? It makes, it makes sense. I think yeah, if that comes back to then, the whole women owning sex thing. So Which is that, fair enough. Women want to have sex, you know. It's not just blokes. The, the the parents are, as we said, Amy complaining that her parents think she's shacked up with Molly. She says it isn't you who has to deal with their awkward looks when you say that. When I say that I'm going to the library with you, and I'm actually going to the library with you. Yeah. Yeah, which is the route that they could have gone down more with this film, is there a potential love interest between the two of them? You never think that she's closeted, do you? No. She, she's very encouraging. Yeah, yeah. I think you can see that she has a thing for Nick coming, but these these films aren't supposed to be full of twists. We're, we're supposed to know largely the script of where this is going, and we just have to enjoy the journey getting there. Cute. Did you know Gigi, played by Billy Lord, that's Carrie Fisher's daughter? Nope, did not know. I barely know the actress, to be honest. Um, same with AAA and same with, what's the other one? What's the other one called? I don't know which character you're referring to. The one that hooks up with uh, Denver's. Dever. Oh, um, Hope. Yeah, Hope. I don't really know the actress, to be honest. Diane Silvers. Okay. She's got a hint of uh, M. Ratajkowski about her. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, they could play sisters. Yep. She spoke about the awkwardness of filming that scene they have together, and she said it was kind of choreographed with them stood there, so kind of watching, you know, you would move here. She said she's so much taller than Caitlin that they had to kind of work it out that way. Mm -hmm. But then in terms of them kissing for the first time and all of that kind of thing, they didn't do kind of a run-through before or anything. They wanted it to be as awkward as possible. And on the second time they shot it, one of them went down when they should have gone up and so on, and uh, <laughs> Caitlin split her lip open with her tooth. Ouch. And they had to uh, stop and apologise and go again. You should have kept that in. That's, that's the sort of thing that happens when you're not very versed in the old sex. So she, she is uh, with the other team, Diane Silvers and Caitlin Dean. Oh, is she? Yeah. 
Okay. As is uh, Beanie Feldstein, because they say that it's a, it's a flip with the characters. The straight one is actually gay in real life, and the gay one is straight in real life. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And you've also um, Nick. Do you know who his dad is? He's in the Scream for the new Scream films, by the way. But his dad is uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. No. There I, you go. A lot of the, to be honest, most of the actors in this film, I have no real ideas slash connections to who they're connected to apart from Kudro um, Sadakis and uh, someone else Billy Billy Lord she was so good with the auditions that they actually put some extra scenes in just for her and so she is doing the big Lebowski where she's turning up constantly at every party she wanted to do the scene where she jumps off the boat Mm. and so she went to see the stunt coordinators and i mean i would never have thought of this they said to film it she would have to wear a tampon and she kind of asked why and they said well the water they're jumping into is so disgusting that there's a risk of infection and she said that was all she needed to hear decided probably won't do the stunts and uh, left it to the professionals weird that You'd have to wear one tampon or not two, because there's two entrances down there. I don't uh, make the rules. Or wear them, so we can't really comment. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I've had to put one in before for one of my patients. Very strange. Very, very strange. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move past that. (laughs) Yeah, let's. Diana Silvers, who... Plays Hope was originally asked to audition for the role of Ryan, but she refused and said she didn't feel that she was suitable for the role, so they asked her instead to audition for Hope, for which she was cast. It must be quite a nice feeling to refuse a role and then be offered another one. I'd love to have that feeling, but there you go. Maybe I should have gone to those murder mystery parties. Maybe. Albeit... Tall, slim, turned, supermodel might help turned, as well. Turned up as someone and then got cast as someone else. <clears throat> Let's Excuse do me. the awards. All right. MVP. Uh, I'm going to give MVP to... It's a real toss-up, isn't it? Um, I'm going to give it to... What's she called? Caitlin, purely because she's got their on her own credits and this isn't a disservice to Feldstein but having Jonah Hill as your brother is going to open some doors well she she was cast in this because of her performance in Ladybird yeah which you've not seen and you need to watch no but so she didn't get it she didn't get it because Jonah Hill's her brother I think if anything that would probably put someone off from casting her in this role hmm mm, nah if, if the comparisons are going to be made anyway then why not get the closest thing to Jonah Hill why not get the actual biological equivalent? I think again, Ladybird's pretty good, by the way. Watch Ladybird. Sasha Ronan's great. I, I do think again, you've confused MVP with star of the film. Um, What's, what difference does it make? Mo, most valuable player is the character. Star of the film is the actor. All right, we'll swap them around then. I've got MVP as both Molly and Beanie Feldstein, begrudging What's, just about. Well, don't you can't tell me that I've got it wrong, and then you put two. Well, no, your explanation was wrong. I would have, I would have accepted the answer. <laughs> okay. Do you have a different? 
<laughs> I just like it. I just like it when you get a school teacher on me on these pods. Well, I've got to. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are the boss. I'll be quiet. Star of the film. Yeah. If, if we were going to twist the category for a week, then um, the Bane hair masks could ultimately be the star of the film. Oh, yeah, they're great. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even speak about um, Pizza Delivery Guy. I've got some I've got some things on him, but we can do oh, it. You're going to you're going to do a spin-off movie. I just um I just thought he was great. I just think he's great. And then later on, where you see the note where in the <laughs> he's the strangler. Yeah. I liked it cuz from I I didn't remember that being a part of it and I thought it was yeah. just going to be like an Easter egg like when I clocked it on the yeah, notice board yeah. and then obviously it becomes a thing to get the get her out of prison. I quite liked it either way. Um Let's do the awards. I'm just going back through some of my notes, but yeah. We'll yeah, do the um, well, even the star of the film, the boat is, I mean, the boat's pretty fancy. Although it did give me kind of PTSD. Walking onto an empty dance floor is among the most awkward things in the history of the world. Yeah, I have been there. I have been there. It's it's an awkward thing when you're walking onto an empty, empty dance floor that you know is going to remain empty, not when you're starting. You've got to do... It's different, uh, at, a, it's different at a party... I was going to say a wedding, but it's obviously the bride that dances first. Um, but you know when... Have you ever been the guy that warms up the dance floor? No, but I was going to say, a dance floor like that, you have to do the, the, the dance walk. <laughs> you have to yeah, move your shoulders you as you walk into yeah. it. It's the scene out of The Office where um, Brent is Brent's saying that he didn't get the job and he's saying that he turned down the job. And then the guy, isn't it Malcolm? He says, oh, we heard that you didn't get yeah. it because of health. And he's like, well, I wouldn't say that. And then he starts throwing his fingers up in the air. <laughs> it's so good. My TikTok has been so full of Ricky Gervais at the moment. It's just been the um, extras, uh, Derek, um, Afterlife. I, I, I must have liked a few Ricky Gervais videos, and now it's just Gervais galore, which I'm not mad about. Best quotes. Um... We've gone through. I've got one at my fingertips while you're while you're looking. Salami being your dad. I I enjoy uh, (laughs) when Amy (laughs) says we'll probably just do a Korean face mask. She says I don't need to know all the words. (laughs) Yeah, that is good. Yeah, that's good. Um, No, my best quote is actually not a direct quote. Um, It's writing. I don't know if that's allowed in your rule book, but you know where it says um, where the parking. The, the parking space is reserved for class president and the C and the L is crossed out and it just says ass president <laughs> <laughs> at the start. I think that's great. Also, not a direct quote. When they're in the principal's office... You might be taking the piss a bit now. Well, you know, when they're in the principal's office and it says, there's a poster on the back and it says, too cool to stay in school. <laughs> <laughs> Being a hip chick now doesn't guarantee you will be able to peck your way through life. Jesus. And then it's just some little chicks wearing graduation hats. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both both of those quotes in inverted commas come like two minutes into the film. So good. The the actual tag for the film was something like uh getting straight A's now not giving any F's or something like that. The quote That's in possible. which Molly says, You guys don't even care about school, and Triple A says, No, we just don't care only about school. Yeah. That yeah. could easily have been the tag of the film. Yeah, and it's true as well, though. There were people at school like that. I know people that got straight A's and they still went out to raves and smashed, you know, 
all sorts of things. I enjoyed uh, Molly saying that Amy's crushes had gone from the little white cat and the Aristocats to Avril Lavigne and then to Mm. Ryan. She's like, I just didn't see it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Avril Lavigne, by the way, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have argued with uh, some Avril Lavigne being added to the soundtrack. Wouldn't have minded an Avril Lavigne cameo being in there. Just, just when, uh, Molly is walking home on her own before she's picked up by AAA. Avril Lavigne, I'm with you. As she's going through the dark of night, that'd have been the one. You could have put Skater Boy in there when um, when the girl is skating. That would have been quite cool. I've got an endless back and forth with TK, and that I say complicated was the better Avril Lavigne song. I agree. Does better he than, say Skater Boy? Skater Boy, yeah. Yeah, complicated is better. I agree with you. Would you rather add Mark Wahlberg, <clears throat> Zac Efron, or Tobey Maguire to this movie? Um. I've not filled these up. It's so um, obvious. It's too obvious. You, you're going to say Efron? No. Uh-uh. What, what Wahlberg is the principal? Nope. Wahlberg is the dad? Nope. <laughs> Maguire is the pizza guy? Yes. You're going to say Maguire is yes. the pizza guy? <laughs> yeah, you're right. That makes, that makes absolute sense. Yeah, it does. All right, yeah, go with that. I can't think of anything better than that. Would you rather add Jennifer Lawrence, Florence Pugh, or Rose Byrne to this movie? Um, you could chuck Burn in there, couldn't you? As Jennifer Lawrence is the teacher. Next. Jennifer Lawrence is the teacher. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Good, good. You've done well with these. If you had to make a spin-off movie about a side character from this film, who would it be about? See, I think there's only one correct answer here, but we have. I know that we've gone different. Jared. Go on. No, I don't think you did. I don't think you could... Like, the McLovin solo film doesn't work. Well... We'll see. I think there's more to Jared than meets the eye. The answer is Hope looking for Amy in Botswana. (laughs) Okay. What, just two parallel stories going on at the same time and at the end they meet? Well, Gigi was too obvious and I also don't think the solo film works there. Yeah, I agree. Triple A, not seen enough of her. Hope, she has more screen time than Hope, but we get more of it. You could do the Triple A prequel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> maybe in maybe the gift shop type. based around this film what is the highest selling item I, I can I take a guess about what you're going to say please because there, there's one answer are you going to say the Jared t-shirt with his oh, face becoming smaller God's and sake. smaller and smaller no. <laughs> okay go on introduction go on. to the film Molly's yellow turtleneck <laughs> it's always clothing with you it's always clothing. Or a beret. Right. Or a beret. Yeah, I thought you'd say Or some as special well. strawberries. Which is why I thought you were going to say a Jared t-shirt with his face becoming smaller and smaller and smaller. I'd wear that. Um, I've got down um, Jama juice. I don't even know what it is, but the teacher, <laughs> no. apparently got, the teacher apparently got banned from it. So I'm assuming it's like Joe and the Juice. So you could have like a little Jama juice kiosk outside Maybe. the gift shop. That'd be quite cool. Would this be better as a Jill Apatow comedy, a Michael Bay action movie, or a South Park spin-off episode? Uh, Apatow, isn't it? I don't know, because his comedies are so male-driven. That's yeah, like his I main know. criticism. I know. It would be a very, very different film. Um, and then... You couldn't do the Michael Bay with this. Though. No. So my issue with that is, I do think some kind of buddy action film with these two characters would work in some capacity. But most big budget kind of 
buddy action movies, particularly with um, women in the lead, it'll be something like the main character just repeats what happened and that's the main punchline. Like, did I just jump a car over a bus? And they do it. It's the whole Shazam promo was doing. You just, if you were going to do the whole big action thing, you would go down the 21 Jump Street and you'd have, you you would literally just replace uh, Jonah Hill with Feldstein and then you'd make Deva Channing Tatum and you'd get her to get ripped and in shape and then she'd be like the, the cop that wants to get stuff yeah you could do that with them but again it would just be repeating the same thing if you were to if you were to mix the casts for say we get Superbad 2.5 do you go with Jonah Hill Uh, and Caitlin Deaver or Beanie Feldstein and Michael Cera Uh, that's tough isn't it yeah I'd go I would go Jonah Hill and um, Deva though just think, I just think there's something. She's just there's just something a little bit more about her. No offense to Feldstein. I wish she'd done more. I I, I can't. I've checked yeah. her IMDb quite a few times, and the closest comparison I would say to what I'm just looking to see you do something more, and we're going to do it in a couple of weeks is um, Rachel Sennett since watching Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So mm. still I waiting. Mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Dope Sick. So we'll see what see what's going on with that. I, I know that I she think, was on that. Will uh, Poulter's on a huge trajectory yeah. right now. She was on that Justified TV show. If you remember that yeah. as like a thirteen-year-old like drug dealing. <laughs> Jesus, I'm really quite behind on TV shows. I've got a I've lot not of TV either. shows to I, watch. I just know the poster, and they take a lot of time. Yeah. Well, that just about does us for this week, and I didn't even have to mention that terrible Blockers film that I usually uh, have compare I got, to. Have I got any more notes? Um, um, uh, maybe in the gift shop you can sell uh, Jared's license plate yeah oh yeah um, my other note so again along the same lines as the murder mystery thing so one of the girls that used to run a murder mystery thing once we'd graduated a couple of years afterwards she did a immersive theatre show, her and two others in Croydon, right? At this town hall in Croydon. And you know the scene where um, Gigi takes both of them into the cupboard? There's, do you know that's the scene? It, has, it, is, it obviously doesn't stand out for you. <laughs> but there's a scene where Gigi takes them into the cupboard and like explains something. Anyway, this, this girl in this immersive show, grabbed me and locked me, like, in a oh, cupboard. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know the scene, yeah, I know the scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so she put me in a cupboard with her and she took out this apple from her pocket and made me take a bite <laughs> of the apple so that it would grant a wish. I don't even like apples, right? And she was so in character, obviously she knows me, but she was so in character in this immersive show. She pushes this apple into my mouth and I was, like, terrified and took a bite out of it, and then just had to like really horribly crunch it and swallow it before she let me loose from this locker, this this cupboard. And I literally don't like apples, and it was just, I, yeah, I just had that in my notes. I thought it would come up, but obviously it didn't. <laughs> well, um, the other the other note I've got when they're talking about Harry Potter houses, I think Harry Potter is actually a bigger deal to Americans than it is to us. I don't know if statement? I don't know if that's true. I think they got it. I think they got it later, and I have no evidence to back that up. So I think feels right though. Doesn't it feels it? fresher in kind yeah. of pop 
in pop culture discussions um, in like American film and TV? I will probably watch the Harry Potter films once a year. I'll I'll do a one to seven run through because they're usually on at Christmas time. They're, well, they're Christmas on Netflix there. Well, no, no. See, I wouldn't sit down and put them on Netflix, but there comes a time. It's usually around Christmas where they're just on in the background. I hate and then people I get, that watch films on TV. And then I get into... <laughs> I, I hate, hate you. And then I get into the habit of, right, okay, I've seen the first one. Now I need to I need to watch these all the way through and see Voldemort get his comeuppance. Why would you choose but to I watch think, a film where there's ad breaks? Because it's just background TV, isn't it? It's just background well, TV. Yeah, just put the film on. Well, you no, know, because you sit there and put a film on and then you're on your phone for the No, incorrect. <laughs> incorrect yes. yes you will sit there on your phone mr background and, tv there's different there's background, background tv that's the time when i'm going to be on my phone there's background tv and then a film goes on and the phone's well, down well i'm yet to see it i'm yet to see that we don't watch the films together because i mean i mentioned one thing during the film and you're like oh, i'm ruining the podcast <laughs> and it was about diane silvers looking like em ratiowski which we covered Um, my only other note um, when she's getting arrested shotgun just kidding I don't have one (laughs) it's great I was going to open the podcast with an Alain's Morissette impression and then decided not to yeah that would have been a few takes I think never never more than one take to start this podcast no of course not next week we are doing 2004's Troy I'm so excited for this Alex is in the house and yeah, I would AJ. just advise you to prepare yourself, to be honest. Uh, Troy is easily my favourite of the category that we're doing um, this run. And it's probably... I've not actually sat down and thought about my top ten films or my top five, but I think I think Troy would be in there. I love Troy. Such a good film. You have technically missed your chance to submit films for the next season. Not that I've actually put anything in place yet, but you did ignore the WhatsApp when I asked. So, uh, what's when did you send me a WhatsApp? Do you, uh, do you three times this week. I am? Do you forget how busy I am? Don't do this. You're not the only busy person in the world. Yeah, but if you send me a WhatsApp and it's like too busy for one of my messages, is what this you're is telling what we're me. Covering, and then I have two patients in ITU dying in front of me. Am I going to be like, oh yeah, that's a good film? You know. When I'm on the pod, I'm with I'll, you. I'll when refrain I'm work, from what I was about to say. <laughs> when I'm at work, I'm I'm with my patients. Same as when I'm you're watching me film, you're not on your phone. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> no, that's when I finished work. Not, not, to confirm, I wasn't saying he was taking a selfie with the patient either. <laughs> but yeah, prepare yeah. yourself for Alex's feelings on this film. Um, Is he a big fan? If it's got swords, then yes. And uh, he, he used to he had used to get this weird tremble in his voice when he would mention Helen of Troy. So I don't know if that's passed or not, but um, we'll find well, out. Well, I'm going to try and bring it out. Thank you for listening. We'll be back adios. next week. Adios, adios, adios. Goodbye. Nice.